Hello, it's me, Lily, a frog who lives in a pond and loves to tell stories. This is an original Tales from the Lily Pad story by Marlene Werfel. You know all about garden gnomes, alpine gnomes, and boreal forest gnomes. You know about the Nomonomicon with its gnomic wisdom, and you know that one of the highest duties of gnomes, besides feasting and raising gnome children, is to assist animals in distress. But did you know that there are ranchland gnomes that live in the montane, in the cool shadow of ancient towering mountains where blue-green glacier cold waters run through the sweet-scented wildflower-strewn meadows and prairies. Yes, indeed, there are ranchland gnomes, or montane gnomes if you prefer. They ride on gray squirrels outfitted with western-style saddles. They wear bright red hats, but unlike most gnome varieties, they don't wear pointy hats. They wear rounded, wide-brimmed, cowboy-style hats. And they wear cowboy boots, too. Red cowboy boots. When they want their squirrels to run, they say, hee When they want them to stop, they say, whoa. And when they want them to stop stuffing their faces with hazelnuts and pine nuts, they say, go on, giddy up. Hilda and Tumbles are ranchland gnomes. Like most ranchland gnomes, they pride themselves on their strong coffee and their knowledge of local legend and lore. On this hazy morning in the Montane, Hilda is making pancakes and strong coffee while Tumbles is giving their twins, River and Kit, riding lessons on some old gray squirrels that aren't interested in running fast anymore. Old squirrels are a good match for new riders, whereas young squirrels are not. Baby squirrels can and do run at a speed that is not safe for little gnomes like River and Kit. When Hilda calls, come and get your short stacks, River and Kit and Tumbles turn their squirrels around. They say, hee and race back to the gnome ranch house in the tangle and shade of a diamond willow tree. During breakfast, they hear a knock on the ranch house door. Pardon me, says a gopher when Tumbles opens the door. The gopher is holding a puffball mushroom for the gnome children who love kicking puffballs around the yard. But he sets it down, embarrassed. Gophers, as I'm sure you know, get very easily embarrassed. I see that I am disturbing your breakfast. I will just sit on the porch and sing a sad song until you have a moment to hear what I have to say, says the gopher. Well, not at all, friend, says Tumbles. You please pull up a chair. Tell us what's on your mind. 
the gopher sits on the porch swing, and he tells Tumbles, Times have been difficult for us gophers, real difficult. We are afraid to roam the grassland outside our burrows. I'm sorry to hear that, says Tumbles. What's making you afraid, friend? And Hilda comes to join them on the porch, and the children spill out the front door, and they see the puffball, and they start playing with it. Well, it's... it's... it's a rattlesnake, the biggest any gopher has ever seen, and a mean one with fangs as long as a day in July. Is that so? asked Tumbles, and though he meant it rhetorically, the twenty nearest gophers pop their heads out of holes in the prairie and they say, true as anything, terrifying rattler, please help us, and then they pop their head back into their burrows, embarrassed. Well, I'm sure we can find a way to help, says Hilda. We'll consult the Nomonomicon. Well, Hilda didn't notice, but Tumbles had fallen silent and was, in fact, barely breathing. Tumbles is a brave gnome. There is nothing he wouldn't do to help his family and friends, but he is very scared of snakes. Many gnomes are. He's even afraid of harmless little snakes like garter snakes, never mind big venomous fang snakes with rattles at the end of their tail that make a sound to freeze you in your tracks and turn your blood cold. If only... The gophers were afraid of a painted turtle, or a frog, or a ladybug. Well, that would be no problem for Tumbles. He could get on his gray squirrel and just shoo the creature away. Go on, little doggy, he'd say, get. And the ladybug would fly away, and all the gophers would cheer and dance on the prairie grass. Nilda flips through the Nominomicon. Let's see here how to speak Corvid, a recipe for dandelion stew, how to two-step with two left feet. Here we are. Rattlesnakes. How to treat rattlesnake bites. Well, hopefully we don't need to know that. Rattlesnakes, morphology, pathology, and treatment for common disease and injuries suffered by rattlesnakes. Well, that's not helpful. Our rattler is not, as far as we know, injured or sick. Huh. Well, that's odd. What is? Well, there's just not really much information here at all. It just says some gnomes are terribly afraid of snakes. Did you know that, Tumbles? Tumbles did know that, but he didn't answer. He was still too busy trying to get himself to just breathe and swallow again. Well, isn't that the darndest thing? That's all it says. And then it just says, see fear. Well, Okay, I'll flip back a few pages. Let's see, fiddleheads, nope, fishing, nope, fables. Okay, here we are. Fear. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the presence of something believed to pose a threat or danger to one's well-being. <laughs> well, duh. The gopher laughed with Hilda, but Tumbles did not laugh. The opposite of fear is courage, and yet there is no courage without fear. Remember, there is no creature on earth without fear. Huh. Well, that's not particularly helpful, is it? Well, wait, here, okay, a footnote. 
Fear is one of the most powerful emotions, so much so it often tries to make a rival of love. What? Sometimes this book is so useful and sometimes I just want to throw it in a fast brown river. Friend, Hilda said, addressing the gopher, I think we'll need some time to sit and think on this one. In the distance, the faintest sound of a snake's rattle was heard, and the gopher darted into the nearest gopher hole. He popped his head out a few gopher holes down the prairie and said, thank y'all, and he was gone. Well, Tumbles, said Hilda, I'd better brew us some more strong coffee. Tumbles and Hilda sat on the porch swing, drinking coffee while the kids played in the yard with the puffball. When the sun was about to go down, Tumbles said, I don't think we can scare away rattlesnake on our own. We need to figure out what rattlesnakes are afraid of. That's what I think too, said Hilda, but I can't imagine what that could be. I mean, I know they are afraid of everything and everyone, and that's why they spend so much time with their fangs out. But on the other hand, what kind of creature won't a rattler face off with? They'll even stand up to a human if they get caught off guard. Hilda and Tumbles shuddered then to imagine being seen by a human, and they felt the chill setting into the evening air around them. Hilda looked up at Venus, the evening star twinkling blue in the orange and pink sunset. And Tumbles spoke. Let's saddle up our squirrels in the morning. Ride out to speak to the Merlin. She might know how to scare off a rattler. Well, early the next morning, the gnomes packed their saddlebags. Some ropes and pulleys and tools and some water, some tonics and bandages and medicines, just in case, and some Saskatoon berry tarts and pumpkin seeds, some dandelion fritters and a kind of cheese made from rose hips, and some crackers and hazelnut cookies and cranberry donuts, and a picnic blanket, of course. Then Hilda and Tumbles climbed onto their saddles, with Kit and River all snug riding in front of each of them. Giddy up, they said, and the squirrels ran through the waving prairie grasses towards the great big cottonwood tree where the Merlin falcon was known to perch and hunt for deer mice. Excuse us, said Tumbles, in the shade of a clump of brown-eyed Susans under the big cottonwood tree. The falcon turned her penetrating gaze upon the gnome family and she swooped down. The squirrels, instinctively frightened, reared up and needed to be calmed. Atta girl, it's okay, said Hilda, patting her squirrel. Oh, hush now, shh. It's a fine day for hunting, said Tumbles to the falcon, tipping his red cowboy hat at her. We wouldn't disturb you, except our friends the prairie dogs are feeling terrorized just now by a great big rattler. Well, I believe it, said the falcon. I've seen that rattler and heard his rattle too. He's the biggest snake I've ever seen. Wait, what does this have to do with me? Well, we were wondering if there is anything you could do to help us set our friends, the groundhogs, at ease. Me, said the falcon. Well, I like to hunt little snakes, not long, venomous ones with teeth as sharp as my eyesight. If you want a chance against a rattler, you should talk to someone bigger than me. Maybe a coyote. Well, 
That didn't sit all right with Tumbles and Hilda as they didn't trust coyotes. They were known to be tricky. Just thinking about coyotes made Tumbles check his shirt for his safety matches and his hip pocket for his best knife. They were still there. Of course, gnomes also find coyotes intimidating because of their immense stature. They tower over gnomes. A gnome is only knee height to a coyote. And also, coyotes have pointy yellow teeth and disconcerting smiles and a disarming way of laughing that made Tumbles just wish it was time to ride home for supper in a bath already. But Hilda said they should ride out to Coyote Hollow to see if they could find any leads. Unless you have any better ideas, she asked. And after their mid-morning picnic, Tumble still didn't have any better ideas. Not at all. So they got back on their squirrels and galloped off towards Coyote Hollow. You can smell a coyote den from some ways off, and Hilda told the twins not to be rude about it. When they arrived, a mama coyote with golden eyes and thick beige and brown fur was resting outside her den. To what do I owe the pleasure of a gnome visit? asked the mama coyote. I do hope we aren't intruding, ma'am, but there's a large rattler making the prairie inhospitable to our gopher friends. We were wondering, do you think you and yours could scare him off? Oh, yes, mama, let's fight a rattlesnake, said three coyote cubs tumbling out of the den behind their mama. Then one of the coyote pups saw Tumbles. He looked at him like he was for sure going to pounce on the little gnome and swallow him up. But his mama put her foot down and growled no at the spunky little cub. Well, there's only one animal knuckle-headed enough to pick a fight with a rattlesnake, and it's not a coyote, said the mama. Honestly, I have my hands full with these three. I think you're howling at the wrong moon. Well, we understand. Sorry to disturb you, said Tumbles. Hold on, said Hilda. You said there's only one animal knuckle-headed enough to pick a fight with a rattlesnake. Which animal would that be? A billy goat, I reckon, said the mama. And the mama, Hilda, Tumbles, and the twins all looked across the foothills, up to Billy Goat Mountain. We're not making that trek, said Tumbles. These squirrels need feeding and watering and rest. Also, there's only enough in our saddlebags for one or two more picnics at most. I've got an idea, said River, who was always lassoing insects. He opened up his backpack to reveal a moth with a rope tied around its thorax. Let's ask Skipper to fly up the mountain with a message for the billy goat and fly back down to us with his answer. Well, there are times in any parent's life where they just look at their children with a pride that burns bright as a morning star. And this was one such time. Everybody congratulated River on his clear thinking, good idea, and the gnomes had just one last picnic as Skipper flew up the mountain with a message for the billy goat, and the gnomes headed back home to their ranch house to wait for his return. Skipper, the moth, didn't make it back till the next morning, where she was served a wonderful breakfast of wild strawberry nectar, and then it took a while for Kit, who had taught the moth Morse code, to decipher the billy goat's reply. Not my problem. Ask a bear. 
Well, that is disappointing, said Hilda, but it's not like we're back to square one here. I mean, Bear owes us a favor anyway, since we removed all those burrs from his... Well, never mind, kids. Saddle up the squirrels. Tumbles, finish up your coffee. I'll pack the picnics. It was a long ride to Bear's cabin, and when they got there, there was a sign on the door that said, Gone Fishing. So the gnomes rode further still to Bear's favorite fishing hole, where he was scooping trout out of the water almost as fast as he could swallow them. Hello, Bear, said Tumbles, while the tiny gnome family looked up, in awe at the immensity that is a bear. It's like looking up at the night sky, said Hilda. Well, I do hope the summer is treating you well, shouted Tumbles. Bear popped another fish into his mouth, swallowed and smiled, and he bent way, way, way down to look at the teeny little gnomes on their squirrels with their little red cowboy hats and cowboy boots. Dang, you're cute, said Bear. How can I help you? Well, we hate to be a bother. We know you have a lot of hunting and gathering to do to get ready for winter, but... A rattlesnake is causing problems for our friends, the gophers, and we were wondering if you could possibly do us the favor of scaring him off. The bear chuckled. Let's see, fishing or picking a fight with a rattlesnake? How do I want to spend my precious summer days? Listen, first of all, rattlesnakes should just be left alone. That's deep bear wisdom right there for you. Always look for food. Never look for trouble. Second, I am personally terrified of rattlesnakes. They make my fur feel funny, my mouth feel dry. What makes you think I could fight a rattlesnake? Bear, said little Kit, how can you be afraid of a rattlesnake when you're so, 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 so big? You are so much bigger than a rattlesnake. Well... In love and fear, your feelings alter your perception. Our emotions are constantly dancing in the paradox of love and fear. That's normal. But a rattlesnake is cold-blooded. Now they are all fear, no love. He's got only one dance to dance, one fight to fight, whereas I, I have many. What? said Kit, but Bear had turned his attention back to the trout in the stream and away from the gnomes, and they realized they were on their own. Well, the gnomes stopped for a picnic, and River added a ladybug to the collection of insects in his backpack, which was really more of a comfortable terrarium, and then they saddled their squirrels back up and they headed for the ranch house. Now, said Hilda, we're back to square one. On their way home, the squirrels seemed like they wanted to run fast, and River and Kit begged their parents to race them. So they did. They raced around trees and up grassy hills and over boulders and fallen logs. But when they raced around a nice, smooth, warm rock, they surprised the rattlesnake, who had been basking in the sun. The rattlesnake reared up, and the gnome parents lifted their children out of the saddle and told them to run and hide. Hilda got her squirrel to dart this way than that way, while the children were running away so as to distract the snake from their movement. But the rattlesnake 
had his eye on tumbles. He rattled his terrifying tail and the sound shuddered through the prairie and over the foothills. Poor tumbles. While well, he felt frozen in time and space, but also, strangely, like every good thing that had ever happened to him was happening right then, too. When he rode his first squirrel, when he met Hilda, feasting in high summer, the time he saved his first creature, a robin with a broken wing who eventually flew away into a glorious blue sky. He saw himself dancing to a gnome lady at his gnome wedding. And he saw himself when the twins were born. The snake hissed, his long fangs shining, his forked tongue flicking, tasting the fear around him. Kit whispered to River behind the tiny rock they were hidden behind, We should let your insects go. If something happens to us, we want them to have a chance. River nodded and undid the top of his terrarium backpack, and the insects flew out in every direction into the prairie sun. Skipper the moth flew straight towards the snake. She fluttered her wings as if dancing in the moonlight. And the snake was terrified. He slithered away as if he'd never seen anything as scary as a little brown moth with fuzzy anthers and eye spots on her wings. Well, there comes a time in every sibling's life where they look at their brother or sister with a pride that burns bright as a morning star. And this was one of those times River was so proud of Kit's clear thinking and big heart, and he told her so, and so did her parents. All safe, heading back to the ranch house to tell the gophers about how keeping moths as pets could keep them safe, Tumbles cautioned his family. You do not want to accept the hospitality of a gopher. Their customs are such that if you accept the hospitality of one gopher, it is only right and expected that you will also accept the hospitality of all of their immediate and extended family members. But their families are so large that if you accept a glass of crocus bulb nectar from one, you'll be expected to accept one from every relative in that gopher's family too, and you'll never leave the burrow. You'll be drinking crocus bulb nectar for the rest of your life, so just say no. Well, actually, said Hilda, why don't we stop right now for a picnic? Then when they offer, we can say, oh no, I couldn't possibly. I just had plenty to eat and drink. And we'll be telling the truth. And the gnomes did.